Hi, and welcome to the second episode of the Just Rides podcast. Today, I am joined by one of my dearest friends, Rochelle Enbakuma. Rochelle's unwavering dedication and unparalleled work ethic have always left me inspired. Despite being in just her second year at City University, she has already taken on multiple leadership roles and responsibilities, making her an exceptional individual. Rochelle is the president of the City Women in Law Society, where she spearheads efforts to empower and support women in the legal field. She is also the editor-in-chief at the City Pro Bono Gazette, a student ambassador of the Association of British Tamil Lawyers, and recently a future Lawyer of the Year finalist. So it is an understatement to say that I am honoured to have her joining me here today. Rochelle, I am so happy to have you here with me today. First of all, welcome and congratulations on being elected as the president of the City Women in Law Society. Can you start us off by sharing with us what motivated you to choose law as your field of study? Hi, Ro. Thank you so much for having me. And that lovely introduction was so sweet. Um, why I wanted to study law. I started off actually wanting to be a journalist. Um, we did this project in school where we had to like write a fake newspaper and um, I was editor-in-chief of that. And you know, like that I was, had my heart set in year eight. I was like, oh, journalism is like what I want to do. Um, but I think as I sort of grew up a little bit, I was kind of thinking like, I'm reporting on these stories, but I'll never be able to actually make a change. And I kind of realised that law kind of helped to do that a bit more. Um, kind of, you know, you have an impact on legislation, you're able to use case law in, in the way uh, to help your client and things like that. So, yeah, that kind of just drew me to the law a bit more. And I think also, um, well, I mean, like I was saying about school, subjects played a big part in it. I think um, I really enjoyed sort of history, English and politics and, and that kind of thing. So I then was able to like develop that kind of skill and uh, advocacy and public speaking and writing and things like that. So it just felt sort of natural at that point and um, that kind of, yeah, drew me to pick it as what I wanted to do for my undergraduate degree. That's so interesting. Um, I know a lot of people who, you know, changed their mind before choosing their degree on UCAS and decided that they want to study law. And that's so interesting because that applies to me too as well. I didn't know I wanted to study law. So I think that's very common, I, I suppose, to change your mind before choosing your degree. And I remember the woman in law had a event, the Alternatives in Law, where professionals who were lawyers or are lawyers or legal professionals came and talked about their legal journeys and why they changed their career to pursue law or why they quit as opposed to doing law. So that's very interesting to see. Do you find that common? Definitely. I think um, I would say I'm sort of like the anomaly in that respect, like finding out so early is not something that most people experience. And I, I do consider myself quite lucky to have figured that out quite early on but yeah like one thing with law is it's such a versatile degree like there are so many people in our uni and our classes that say you know they don't want to be a solicitor and barrister and that's totally okay like they want to use the law in their other ventures like business and, and that kind of thing so you know it isn't the be all and end all if you kind of no, nobody knows where they want to go, right, at the end of the day. Like, we're all, all our futures are all up in the air right now. So it's it's just a matter of kind of finding what's right for you in the moment and then figuring out your path that way. 
Yeah, I agree. And speaking of the Women and Law Society, as the president, you have been actively involved in promoting gender equality in the legal field. Could you tell us some of the initiatives or projects that the society has undertaken to support and empower women in law? Yeah, so um, our premise of the, the Women in Law Society at City, like we focus on building an inclusive community based on female and female identifying empowerment and also sort of social mobility in the law. So everything we do is sort of centred on that. And yeah, so like we have our academic initiatives, which are pretty much our main thing. Um, we have loads of panel events. So we had the Black Women in Law series, which was kind of a series we had throughout Black History Month in October of last year, where we had black female lawyers come in to talk to us about their experiences, which was really nice. Um, we also had Dr. I. Stephanie Boyce, who was president of the Law Society of England and Wales at the time. So, yeah, it was just really nice to see, you know, women in, in that regard, like who had reached such high positions in, in their career and yeah, and it's also kind of the networking aspect as well. So at the end of each of our academic events, um, we often have like a networking session as well. So, um, you know, our audience can get to know panellists one-on-one. We also kind of have informal events as well, just kind of games nights and, uh, you know, some chill spaces just so we can kind of get to know each other. Because at the end of the day, I think while it is nice to hear from senior people, it's also just as valuable to get to know each other outside of, you know, the law school. Because at the end of the day, we are the future associates, partners, KCs and whatnot. So like getting to know each other is always going to be something that's valuable. Yeah, I totally agree. It's very important to, you know, network and connect with other people, especially people in your year or in your universities and in your societies. That's why um, the Women in Law Society is so important and valuable. And that's why I joined it. And, you know, it's just a transformative experience. It allows you to connect with like-minded individuals. And that's where I made lots of my uni friends um, Mm -hmm. is through the events that were hosted by the Women in Law Society. So, yeah, um, it's so important to you know stay connected and have these events and societies speaking of gender equality diversity and inclusion are also important topics within the legal industry and that is exactly what the women law society emphasizes how do you believe we can create a more diverse and inclusive legal profession and what role do student organizations and societies play in driving this change Yeah, I mean, it's a big question. I think it's easy for us to kind of, you know, have all these solutions at the start of our legal careers. We know we even started, we're not graduated at this point. So, you know, it's easy for us to say, but yeah, so much harder to incorporate in in firms and chambers. I think um, one thing I would say, though, is, is having inclusivity at the top rather than just kind of like, you know, entry level. Because one thing we've noticed on the committee at Women in Law is like when we're reaching out to people, we find so many kind of like trainee solicitors willing to speak to us. Um, not to say that, you know, partners and associates don't, but we just, we see less of them. And um, it is also relatively early that, you know, you see women progressing because th- there's always been that kind of, you know, thing in the background where women go off to have families and things and, you know. Um, but I think that mindset is sort of changing now. And I think, um, you know, as we've seen, you know, people can have families and also have a, a really successful career as well. So um, hopefully that will change in the, in the next 10 or 20 years. But yeah, inclusivity at the top, I think, would be a big thing. And yeah, th- there's this whole talk about like quotas and things, you know, like making sure you have a set amount of women in, in the workplace and things like that. I know that's not ideal because 
at the end of the day we want to get in based on degrees and like you know how hard we work to get there and and not just because of our gender but i think if it is the starting point if, if that's what we need to do to just kind of get the ball rolling um maybe it's not so much of a bad thing but um yeah student organizations as well are how firms and chambers meet uh, law students without having the law schools being the middleman right and so they are actually getting more and more used to getting to know students in this more informal context um and also just kind of like getting to know people uh, one on one in that sense like committees and, and what not so i think if we put our concerns to them directly then we're able to kind of make an impact in that sense you know if, if they have to be able to adapt to us there are so many of us at the top end of gen z that are now going into the workplace and so they're forced to sort of adapt to us whether they like it or not so you know there are so many things that we can be doing despite us not having the quote unquote power in the workplace just yet yeah i agree and moving on to your role as the editor in chief at the city pro bono gazette the role highlights your dedication to pro bono work. How do you believe pro bono initiatives contribute to promoting access to justice? And are there any rewarding experiences you have had in this area so far? I think one thing I should probably preface before all of this is like my role at the Gazette, I haven't had the chance yet to kind of get into doing actual pro bono work yet. That is kind of more reserved for um the city community legal advice clinic which i know you're a part of bara um but also i think it's more of like reporting on what's happening in the pro bono world and you know commercial awareness stories and things like that but there's definitely been rewarding experiences like being part of the gazette has also given me links to the pro bono society at uni um so i've been able to kind of like see the kind of things that that they're doing and um they also help us in that sense as well but i we get to see them work with certain charities i know city has connections with places like legicate and so on so you know they they do incredible things in the pro bono world like they're able to you know help people in in that respect so my personal experiences i think um probably the more recent one was i got to go on the london legal walk last week which was really nice um i was part of the city law school's team for that um we walked 10 kilometers my feet were really hurting the next day um, but it was it was really worth it um we raised money for legal advice services and um helped widen access to justice but yeah i was kind of just having a think about this recently like i do want to be able to do more pro bono work myself at some point whether it's now in my academic career or at least when i'm like a early legal professional as at some point I would like to get into it. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um speaking of the legal walk, I totally forgot it was happening on that day. <laughs> so I was just walking around London. I was just walking and then I was like, what are these people wearing? They were all wearing like different colored shirts. And I was like, what is going on? And then I looked on LinkedIn and oh my god, it's the legal walk. So I was thinking like this is the perfect networking opportunities, but I just do not want to interrupt them walking, you know. But yeah, I think that's a great reminder that doing pro bono doesn't mean you have to be you know directly working with or for someone or clients it can be anything from spreading the words spreading awareness raising awareness just doing the smallest things can contribute so much to improving and promoting pro bono work in the community so yeah just do something um it doesn't have to be big at all 
And we've mentioned a lot about your roles. Balancing multiple leadership roles and responsibilities can be very demanding. How do you manage your time effectively and what advice do you give to other law students aspiring to take on leadership positions while maintaining their academic commitments? Yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot of talk about work-life balance um, during uni and I think you kind of have to be prepared to throw all of that advice out the window. You have to give up certain luxuries when you do a law degree because it's just so time-consuming. And I think also when you you add these sort of extracurricular things that like I've been doing, for example, it it's not easy to manage both. And yeah, you you do have to be prepared to give up a bit, but you do also gain a lot from it. It's not you're not you're giving up what you might see as fun but you might take on something that you think is fun so like I took on my role at the Women in Law Society last year as communications officer not really knowing what to expect but I think I gained so much from it not just you know networking opportunities but also like getting to know other students at the law school um, like you and like so many other people on our team like it was so nice to be able to do the thing that I loved with my friends. And yeah, that kind of just leads on to what I was going to say about having a support network. I think that's really vital. My friends and family are, have been so good at like encouraging me and, and you know getting me to put myself out there and, and do what I love. And yeah, you just have to kind of find the people who will just sort of cheer you on. And yeah, I think also one thing about these roles is like, I was lucky that they were kind of there to be filled. But if you have opportunities, go get them. If not, you, you create the opportunity for yourself. So, I mean, that you're doing amazing things with this podcast. Like, that's initiative already. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, like, in terms of what other things people can do, you know, like, start your own society, yeah, start your own podcasts or a blog, you know. There are so many tools that we have in this day and age that you can kind of utilise to your advantage. If, if they aren't there, then you make something for yourself. And yeah, it will, it will be so rewarding. I, I totally, totally agree. This is very important and I wish I knew this sooner because in my first year, I was just so shy, you know, joining the university for the first time, studying law, not knowing what it's all about. I was just so shy and I didn't want to network or, you know, put myself out there, which is something that's so important to start early on. Mm. But it's not wrong for you to start later on too as well. I just started in my second year. But yeah, you learn as you go along. But I totally agree when you said if opportunities aren't presented to you, you have to go look for them or create them. And another thing that I really believe in is if you don't ask, you don't get. so just put yourself out there I know it can be so embarrassing because I know I embarrass myself so many times at networking events but you just have to you know put yourself out there introduce yourself connect with them on LinkedIn and who knows what's going to happen if nothing happens it's fine but if something happens that that's great because you at least you put yourself out there even when you go to these events it's not like it's just all networking with very senior professionals or lawyers or barristers. You make friends too as well. And that's how you balance, I think, the life aspect of it. You also get to have fun, make new friends at the same time, make new connections, which I think is very, very important. And City University is known for its very strong law program. How has your academic journey at City influenced your perspective on the legal profession and shaped your career aspirations? It's definitely made me more sure about my aspirations to become a solicitor. Um, I was definitely more open-minded in first year about 
the barrister route. But I think I've kind of realised that's not for me. But City has been so good. I think the lecturers, the careers team, like I have to give them credit. They were so good to me and like being able to, you know, give me advice on the pros and cons of each and, you know, even alternatives as well. But I think the solicitor route is, is definitely kind of drawn me more. And also kind of like the modules as well. I think I've been able to sort of narrow down my interests. So, you know, there's the, the human rights sort of side of things and then you have the commercial law side of things. And I, I think the, the latter is what I want to go down personally. But I've also been able to like narrow that down in commercial law, like what specific kind of areas are for me. There's definitely been a period of growth I've had at uni that's been able to help me decide a bit more and like be more be more sure about my future I think and yeah again like all the opportunities that kind of came my way like what we were talking about women in law pro bono yeah they, they've all helped me and like one thing as well was that you you mentioned the the future lawyer of the year thing which I was finalist for which is absolutely bonkers yeah I think all the opportunities that came my way were through City and I'm so thankful for that because it's nice to have that sort of extracurricular thing but also in your uni space so you're not you're not completely out there in the world just yet but you're you're still kind of doing things in sort of a comfortable space so yeah I'm, I'm definitely thankful to City for influencing my perspective and as you mentioned you know the staff and the professors are so supportive mm. and they are very respectable solicitors and barristers as well so you can always go to them for advice you know I've I've done that before and the difference between you and me which is so interesting you mentioned you wanted to pursue the bar in the beginning that was the opposite of me I wanted to become a solicitor and then after attending so many events talking to different people I just realized that maybe the bar is what I want to pursue more which is so interesting because even when you like are already studying law your mind can always change which is so interesting so yeah what I'm trying to say is that make the most of what your universities have to offer and in your experience I know we mentioned networking and trying to make the most of your time in universities Um, what are some other key skills and qualities that aspiring lawyers should focus on developing during their early career stages or even even during their education. Are there any specific opportunities you would recommend? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, there's there's so much out there. I think there's so much to think about when you're in uni. You have so many skills to acquire and this and that. But I think when you when you think of, of the core things that a lawyer needs, you're networking. Um, research is a big thing as well. Like, um, increasingly now, they, they want us to have commercial awareness and, and know a bit more about the firms and chambers that we're applying to. So I think if you can kind of do that in your summers, that definitely helps because you, you're kind of ready for the next application cycle, if that makes sense. So basically being prepared ahead of time. Preparation, I think <laughs> that's the word I'm looking for there, preparation. And yeah, just like even basic things, like we're going back to like year six at this point, but like grammar and rhetoric and things like that, like having those basics in your writing go such a long way because like you'd be surprised how much you can kind of like word vomit in your essays <laughs> and you just need to kind of like refine it quickly at that point. So yeah, just getting getting to grips with the basics at that point. And soft skills, you know, kind of just like, well, you? like we're saying networking, you, you develop that. I think during your time at uni like you're interacting with so many different people so they do come to you a bit more naturally I think than you having to go and, and find those opportunities to, to seek it out and then I think 
you were saying sort of specific experiences or opportunities. I think finding your community really helps uh, in these situations. So like you mentioned at the beginning, I, I'm I'm lucky to be a student ambassador for the Association of British Tamil Lawyers. So I was mentored in the summer before uni by a lawyer at the organisation and she was able to like really help me kind of understand what I needed to do like the key skills that we're talking about now and just just be a bit more prepared and yeah I think when you have somebody that you can talk to on on a more personal level you're able to kind of go through your own journey with them and um, you know figure out what's the, the gaps that you have that you need to fill and yeah I was I was talking about applications earlier on applying to the big opportunities like vacation schemes and mini pupillages like they always help but um, I think don't count out the smaller events, um, you know, like open days and things like that, because they always help your application in the long run. They, they help to show that you have interest in that specific firm or chambers. So definitely don't don't count those out. And then, yeah, like skills coming back to that, I think, you know, handling rejection. <laughs> I don't think we talk about this enough in, in law school, but mainly because we, we do want to kind of gloss over the fact that we, we get rejected but um it happens it happens there's a part of life and um I used to take this like very very personally when I saw emails like oh we're yeah, sorry to inform you and like you know I, I thought like you know my name is in the, at, the st- at the start there oh, it must be for me but you know you forget that that kind of email is is sent out to like a hundred people and like getting to getting to grips with that and understanding it's not a personal thing but this is just like a step towards where you need to be rejection is always redirection that's that's been drawn into me now by everyone (laughs) but it is true it is true like I think we have so many different thoughts uh, like we were saying uh, back about the the beginning question about why we wanted to do law people go through a whole journey before they end up at this degree so why would that not happen um, before the start of our career, you know, so just just you know handling rejection, but also making sure that you've got those key skills, networking, putting yourself out there. It's it's bound to go your way after that. Yeah, um, that's very important. Handling rejection, I can resonate with that because I remember when I was in my first year, or even like before starting my second year, I was just applying to everything that I could on LinkedIn and to every mini privileges and even vacation schemes, which doesn't really apply to me. (laughs) But I did that and there were so many rejections. And yes, like in the beginning, you felt like personally attacked. Mm. You just felt so, I don't know, vulnerable. Um, But like many people said, it doesn't define you. Obviously, they don't say most of the time why you are rejected. But you should learn from that and, you know, take that time to improve yourself, make yourself an ideal candidate. And if you didn't get it, that's fine. Move on. Don't put too much pressure on yourself because you still have a lot of time. And I know a lot of people and even including myself who, you know, haven't done a lot of stuff compared to other people in their year and that doesn't mean like they're much better than you or anything at all it's just everyone has their own journey and you know take your time to explore different things explore different interests and continue improving your you know soft skills and other aspects and academic achievement is very important get your grades high and yeah don't put too much pressure on yourself definitely 100% um looking ahead what are your future career aspirations and are there any specific area of law or social justice courses that you are particularly passionate about yeah um you sound like every adult in my life right now like in terms of like oh what do you want to be when you grow up kind of thing um 
but yeah no like we were saying um i do want to be um a solicitor but also i think um i was saying earlier on um i've sort of narrowed down what i kind of have an interest in i know city doesn't do this as a module but i've found an interest in sort of data protection law and the technology side of things you know like privacy and understanding how that will work so it, it's an emerging sort of concept i think of the law as well so things are still very relatively new but it is something that excites me and if the opportunity arose i'd be really interested in in kind of specializing when, when it gets to that point obviously when you do a training contract um you have to experience different seats and so i'm still open-minded in that sense like i'm i'm if something comes up i'm sure if it's interesting enough I'm, i might choose that over data protection but this is what i am thinking at the moment and and hopefully it goes as planned social justice causes i mean we've we've spoken about this earlier on in, in what you were asking before but i think just women in law in general like i know we're making a lot of progress the solicitor side of things i think uh, recent statistics were like there's 52% female solicitors now which which is really good i know we can do much more improvement on the bar i think there there's there's a gap to be filled there so yeah i think that that's something that's probably always going to continue with me throughout my career i think it's something that i want to make sure that you know everyone has that kind of equal access to the profession and you know they don't feel too intimidated by it just because of the the bad things that have happened in the past and on that note, um, diversity and inclusion will always be something I think is going to be really important to me. As a woman of South Asian heritage, I think, you know, it's something that I, I want to be able to champion, you know, improving access uh, to the legal profession um, for those who don't necessarily have an in, if they're first generation or, uh, you know, if they um, don't have the connections per se. But I think firms and chambers are doing a good job so far in, in terms of like the schemes that they run to sort of help black and Asian and minority ethnic uh, students get into the legal field. And there's there's so many things out there now, like mentoring and, and things that I, I would love to be able to do to sort of give back to our community once I get to that level. And yeah, so I think uh, those are the social justice causes that I'm passionate about. Yeah, no, sorry I asked you that question because <laughs> I personally am curious. I don't even know myself. I just know that I want to be a barrister, but... With regard to like certain specific area of law, I'm still not sure. And it's fine, you know, like for those of you who don't know what they want to do or what specific area they want to pursue, like I used to get so worried about not knowing it. But yeah, it doesn't mean that you're not doing well enough or you're not um, on track or anything. You can change your mind. As Rochelle said, we don't know what's going to happen or whether we're going to change our mind later on. So it's fine. It's a good reminder that you don't have to know everything at this point. Finally, what advice or words of wisdom would you like to share with our listeners, especially those who are aspiring law students or early career legal professionals? Yeah, um, another big question, I think. <laughs> um, I think a generic advice that would kind of suit everyone is um, kind of sort out your character and, and figure out who you are. Easier said than done, obviously, but uni and, and like the, the start of your career is really like the ideal time for you to figure out what makes you tick and like what is important to you. I would say personality, but you know, personality is, is a mask at the end of the day. Like you can put on a kind of a show <laughs> if you want to, but you know, what sticks with you is your character and who you are and, you know, those building blocks that 
make up yourself. So understanding who you are will always, always go a long way in terms of your career and like what you want to practice and, and things like that. So yeah, just sorting out your values and, and your character, um, that would be one thing. For aspiring law students, I think, you know, like we were saying earlier about kind of the skills that you need to be practicing to become a lawyer. Um, one of the things you kind of learn in law school is to be disciplined. It's easy to get distracted, especially in like this age of digital media and things like that. But if you're strong-willed and you know you've you've got that passion and that drive, everything will fall into place, and that that's how you kind of progress and go forward. So yeah, discipline yourself, but also you know like we were saying before, just figure out who you are and everything will fall into place. On that note of um, drive and ambition and things, you, you do need to have a, a growth mindset for that. I think like positive self-talk really helps. There are certain things that like I've heard, you know, like anxiety techniques and things like that, where, you know, you talk to yourself in the mirror, or, like, yeah, I'm stressful or something like that. But, you know, if you say things enough, I think you'll believe them. And if you you really tell yourself, you know, I am meant to be here and like, I, I got this place at law school, I will be a, a solicitor or a barrister. That will help you even on your worst days. Like you can kind of come back to that and just make sure like you really remember that this is meant for you. Like this is something that you've started and you are going to finish. And yeah, I think just the overall kind of core thing from what I've just said is like, you learn more about yourself in this time. I think we're in like the prime age of like 18 to 25 where you figure out like who you are and like you learn more about yourself. But then I think also just let things happen to you as well. You know, enjoy the experience. You don't have to always go rushing here and there. And, you know, you, you forget life if you do that. So enjoy the experience and I think the rest will follow. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, believing in yourself, building that inner confidence, you know, self-confidence is key. And manifest, as you said, you know, if you believe in something and you keep working towards it, it will happen. It doesn't matter how long it takes you. As long as you get there, you know, it's just the goal that you have to focus on. Because without that self-confidence, you can't continue to do what you want to do or pursue what you want to pursue. And yeah, I think that's very important to remember. I think that concludes today's episode of the Just Rights podcast. Thank you, Rochelle, for joining me today and sharing your incredible journey and insight. Your dedication to the field of law and woman empowerment and your exceptional achievements are truly inspiring. I'm so glad to have you here with me and I hope you'll join me soon. Thank you so much for having me. It has been so fun. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow the Just Rides podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Stay tuned for our next episode, where we will continue to explore the fascinating world of law, justice and social impact. Thank you so much for joining us on this exciting journey. Until next time.